This week's episode of Two Girls, One Podcast includes some conspiracy theories that are not based on scientific evidence or reputable journalism. The extreme ideas discussed here do not represent the viewpoints of Two Girls, One Podcast, its hosts, or The Daily Dot. However, we always respect our guest viewpoints and allow them the space to share their opinions openly on this show. And we trust our listeners to always make informed decisions about what to believe when they read or hear things on the internet. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to Two Girls, One Podcast, produced by The Daily Dot, a show that used to be about interesting interviews and is now basically just watching Allie and Jen try out different dating apps. And now here are your single and ready-to-mingle hosts, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Where every week we look at the internet with fresh eyes. I don't know what that meant. I don't but know. Basically, my eyes are pretty fucked up from the internet, actually. My, yeah, my eyes are constantly bleeding from yeah. the internet. I think I have eye problems. Blood. Anyway, boring. <laughs> boring. And I. You can't see us. We're bleeding from our eye sockets. Totally Aren't boring. you glad that this is just a podcast? <laughs> so, IRL, we have a show a live, live comedy, comedy show. show boom 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 where we perform internet material and on stage it's like instruments our from our mouth <laughs> it's a whole mouth instrument show yeah actually no you should see it we use the internet uh, as our script so we'll take like a reddit thread and we won't change the words but we'll play a character with costumes and or we'll add music or whatever so we perform yeah. the internet that's right word for word but, but from doing <laughs> that live show we were like, wow, we know, we have so much weird niche knowledge about internet communities and crazy things that we've seen and posts and stuff. And then we came up with this idea. Why don't we contact the writers and interview them? So in two girls, one podcast mm-hmm. every week, we contact someone from the internet because there are real people behind all these internet things. Right. And then we interview them. Oh, we got to do this every week. Uh, Matt, get with it. My eyes are bleeding harder. <laughs> yeah. Is my eyes and my ears is are bleeding. Weekly? Can we can we take like a, a break or like a sabbatical? Um, you can take a sabbatical. Jen and I are going to keep talking about the internet. Got it. We're going to take <laughs> made up holiday breaks. I actually had such as <laughs> International T-shirt Day. Yeah, that's that. We're that we're off one. on that day. Yep. Uh, I actually have a story day. that maybe you'll want to edit out later because it might not be relevant. But okay. I was performing in a show last week and I started going off about fetishes. It was like mm. an improv thing. And you found you knew a lot more and than And then most I realized humans. the audience was staring at me blankly. I was like, you know, like pups and diapers. And there was like no response. And I was like, oh, right. This isn't mainstream it's knowledge. Niche knowledge. It was hilarious I like that, to me. I like that phrase, niche knowledge. Yeah. Niche knowledge. Yeah, yeah, totally. We are so deep in it. We don't know what most people <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah, I thought know. it was normal until everyone was staring at me blankly. And then I like joked it off somehow. But I was like, OK, I'm, yeah. I'm looking like a real fetishist up here. But <laughs> sure, kind of Google fetishists. it later. I know, but we're like voyeur fetishists. Although I am excited because I feel like I have fetishes yet to be discovered. Ooh, Although, I like that. Full disclosure, yeah. listeners, this this episode isn't about fetishists, but not at all. about fetishes. Yeah. <laughs> fetishists. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. So, Rare episode for us. I know. Today we're actually talking to a truther. Yeah. Have you guys so heard this of truthers? Is, yeah. Kind of a fetish, I guess. Actually, uh, in a way, it's a little Everything's fetishized a fetish in a way. because 
we're not just talking about to a truther. We're talking to a truther who has created a dating site for truthers. That is correct. Which is sort of saying, I can only fuck other people who believe this one thing, which therefore yeah, maybe is a fetish. A we niche. brought it full circle. It's a fetish. Yeah. Well, actually, and if, if people don't know what truthers are, yeah. how are we going to? Define that. I mean, they're conspiracy theorists. I don't know. Essentially, I don't know. Are they offended by that term? I don't think so. We are interviewing a premier conspiracy theorist today. So (laughs) keep tuning in. And he and we're going to get the story later. But I believe he and his now wife started a media company together and the dating site together. So we're going to have to get the scoop on how they met and then started this little empire. 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 Empire So. Yeah, I have um, quite mixed feelings about it. I yeah. don't I don't know that they're mixed, but I'm excited to learn more and hear what he has to say. Have you ever believed in a conspiracy theory? I don't think so, but I wonder if it's the kind of thing where like you don't know that you smell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like So you think you might have and like <laughs> Like maybe I believe something totally whack, but like I don't realize that nobody else believes it with me. The majority of people don't believe yeah, like maybe I am a conspiracy theorist about something, but I'm not realizing that outside of my niche world, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I think that fetishes are mainstream and then apparently they're not. Right. Well, I didn't want to acknowledge the elephant in the room again, uh, but Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you acknowledging him? Because I'm curious. Do you Have you ever believed in any conspiracy theories? Mm, no. I think, in my, I think in our younger days, yeah. I think we all were like, Oh, the government, the man. The man. Yeah. And then you grow 90s, up a little. A big thing. Totally. Yeah. And then you grow up and you're like, mm, there's, there's more I like more how logical. Matt's like, then you grow up. So we'll see what this guy says. But what about you, Jen? <laughs> uh, no, because wasn't there a movie, Conspiracy Theory, with Mel Gibson? Am I making this mm, sounds up? Sounds familiar. And that does read, sound familiar. He read Catcher in the Rye and he had delusions of grand. I don't know. Anyway, mm. that sort of turned me off to it, I remember. Well, I encountered <laughs> a lot of conspiracy theorists when I lived in the Middle East. This might get dark. You lived in the Middle East? I did. You never do. I did a long time ago. Last week. My major. It was a long time ago. At Yale was actually Middle Eastern studies. Yeah. What? I know. Who are you? And then I started doing this shit. (laughs) My parents are so proud of how I'm using my degree. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Do you want to share any of these theories that you heard? Well, I mean, this episode's going to get dark, but in particular, I was teaching English in Egypt. And my one of my students was a judge, and he'd studied internationally, a renowned judge in Egypt, and he took, took me to the judges club on the Nile. This is a story I haven't shared with very many people, and I'm about to share it with the everyone. It, the, the experience was a little traumatic for me for a while for some specific reasons. Anyway, he took me to the judges club on the Nile, and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I'm having such a great time. Um, you know, it was very... It was just cool. It's a cool place to be. You're on what, the Nile. What is that? The judges club? I don't... There's a judges club for like judges in Egypt. There's like a, you know, it's like a, it's like a membership society club or something. You can go as a guest. Okay. And so um, I was drinking a mango juice. Mm-hmm. The mango juice over there is delicious. It's like crack. Uh, but also it's a very Muslim country, so it's hard to get alcohol. Anyway. And he said, were you, were your parents worried about you coming to Egypt. And the time, um, this was 2005. Mm-hmm. So a while ago and a very different time. Um, well, not that different, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. and of course, my parents were very scared about me going to Egypt because I'm like a small blonde Jewish girl, but I couldn't say that. So um, long story short, he was like, yeah, it's funny that like the West is so afraid of Muslim countries because 9-11 was actually uh, done by the Mossad, which is Israeli intelligence. And I was like, oh, God, 
where is this going? Mm-hmm. And then he said, yeah, uh, everyone knows that it's done by the Mossad and the rabbis warned the Jews and that's why no Jews died that day. And I'm Jewish. And I'm also was with another American who's from New York who said, I know Jews who died that day. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, no Jews died that day because it was an inside job. And the Israelis warned the Jews and the rabbis warned the Jews. And so no Jews died that day. And it was done by the Israelis. And then he followed up by saying, what religion are you, Allie? Which is why it was a kind of traumatic experience for me at the age of 21. So now that I got made this podcast really dark and probably a lot of people very angry, this is a very, very true story. Mm -hmm. And is the one time that I lied about my religion. Boom, just got really real. Yeah. Yeah. Which now I'm like, whatever, lie, 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 lie. But I'm yeah. just kidding, I'm not a liar. <laughs> I am not a liar. But like, yeah. I don't I think at my age, I wouldn't be like as traumatized by the idea that I should lie in that situation for my own safety. Right. Not that he was going to harm me any, in any right. way, but yeah. whatever. That's yeah. like a whole other thing. Like my wow. time was very anti-Semitic yeah. there, but also like as I'm older, I understand there's a lot of reasons that it's anti-Semitic. Um, a lot of cultural and political reasons. And I think a lot of people there, if they really met a Jew, if I had said I'm Jewish, it, it, you know, it might change their mind. So right, right. I don't want to necessarily go there. But And, and the idea, just because this is blowing <laughs> my mind quite a bit. Yeah, this, this, I, what's weird is I tell the story and I feel like people like don't totally believe me, but it's actually, it I, happened I believe, almost yeah, verbatim. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, and but I've it, actually but, heard that conspiracy theory before. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty wide But I guess yeah. I'm trying to understand the angle on the conspiracy theory, which is, mm-hmm. it, it was Israeli intelligence to make Arabs look bad? Yes. That's, yes. And, 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 and this guy in Egypt... To make the West hate Muslims. Got it. This, this um, assumingly educated judge That's in Egypt... That's what was the creepiest part, is that he was very educated mm-hmm. and smart and had studied abroad in Europe, you know what I mean? So he'd been exposed to other ideas and still believe and what was crazy too is that not even me this other new yorker there said i know jews who died that day and it's crazy to me that you could look at someone who's telling you i am from there and i know people that died that day and you could sit there and listen to that and say no right that was the craziest and part. he was saying it as like of, of course everyone knows that yeah mm-hmm. we all know that what's yeah. and i was like i didn't get that text message right <laughs> i did not receive i don't even know if we were texting back then yeah i did not receive that phone call and neither did my jewish family in new york yeah. So I think it probably isn't true. Well, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Guys, just in case you're all unclear, this is a comedy podcast. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to let you know. I'm going to add a rim shot at the very end of your story. Oh, great. Wonderful. Please do. punchline? Edit in just in general, just in that whole story, maybe some ukulele. The little uke underscore. Yeah, that just brings everything Classic startup video. Ukulele makes everything happy. There was a girl named Allie. (laughs) She was on the Nile. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a picture. (laughs) See Allie at the Nile. But really, just go there for the mango juice. Yeah, I am going (laughs) to. All right. Well, we on that note, we got to take a break. Okay. A lot of sponsors for this episode. They are lining up to talk about their money. They want to. They want to be on a show that talks about 9/11. They want it. That's (laughs) what they want. (laughs) Give the people what they want. All right. But first, it's trivia time, guys. Okay. Trivia. This better be delightful, happy-go-lucky trivia based on how I ruined this podcast. Couldn't find any dark trivia, so we're gonna Mm -hmm. go light. But you know what? I would like to say to our listeners, Mm -hmm. you know what? This podcast we cover a lot of different topics. That's true. You know what? Tune in. Yeah. Tune in, and you can listen on Tune In One Week Early. Perfect. Trivia. Okay, Matt, hit it. Yeah, I'm not a sports (laughs) person. Okay. I don't watch a lot of sports. But have you heard of this? uh, It's a sports team called the New York Yankees. No. 
The Jankies? The, the, the Jankies. <laughs> Do people call them that? No, That's I don't pretty know. good. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't know anything about sports, but as a New Yorker. Yeah. I have heard of them. Yeah, I've heard about I'm them. I'm envisioning Jen in the in the stands of a Red Sox game. Like, you fucking Jankies! <laughs> Jen wears you're a New bummed. York Yankees I do wear, I do wear a Yankees oh, okay. cap. Yeah. Okay. So you're familiar with the I'm Yankees. I'm familiar, yeah. yeah. They recently made some sort of investment. I don't know. I couldn't find a dollar amount, but they made a significant so investment. So this is fake news. No, it's real. Okay. They made a significant investment in an internet company. Is this a conspiracy theory? No. No. All right, I'll stop. I mean, we could, we could read between the lines. I'll let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> we could read between the lines and find out what are the motivations here. But they, the New York Yankees company or whatever operation that is invested in an internet company very recently as of this recording. Okay. What type of company did they invest in? Fantasy baseball. Interesting. That's such a good idea. That's good. I, I have like a feeling it. that's not what it is, but that's my guess for it's this a very moment. good logical. That's pretty specific. Can yeah. we go broader or yeah, go wherever you like? Hmm. Guys, I actually have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm drawing I mean, a major well, the blank. The thing is, they're a major company. Yeah. It could be diversifying in a thousand different ways. Right. So it could really be. Anything. Do you want to give us a clue? Like, will, is I, it related yes, to sports? Yes, I will say that it is connected to sports in some way, but not to a way. Sports or but, to the live experience of viewing sports? Um, e-pretzels. Get into that. E-pretzels. Yeah, e-pretzels. E you know, like, it's like a pretzel that you can download without actually eating a pretzel or gaining weight. <laughs> New business idea. That's horrible. I'm gonna just say something boring, like a clothing company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Caps. Caps, 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 caps. Well, you heard it here when they start investing in fantasy baseball. Yeah, why don't they? My idea. Because <laughs> I don't think that's the answer, <laughs> but I think that they could or should. All right. We're going to find out after this. And now a real advertisement entitled NYC Bird slash Parrot Wanted for NYU Short Film from the world's most comprehensive avian casting directory, Craigslist. <laughs> We are looking for a bird. Preferably a parrot. To have a prominent role in a short film about an elderly man who owns a thrift store. We are shooting the weekend of the December 8th to 10th and are willing to pay $100 a day each day the bird is on set. The bird has no stunts. No stunts. And remains in its cage for the entirety of the set. What do we think that movie is about? It's Tuesdays I, with Maury. Yeah, I, you, I don't know. you love Tuesdays with Maury. <laughs> yeah. I uh, feel like it's a pretty good day rate, $100 a day to sit in a cage. I feel like that would actually, there's probably, there's yeah. a fetish there for sure. Also, what's a parrot going to do with $100? <laughs> it's a lot of crackers. It's a yeah, lot of crackers. crackers. He'll, yeah. he'll find a way to spend it. Yeah. We I, all do. I thought you were going to say $100 for a day in the cage is a metaphor for the acting profession. Oh, how sad. But true. Mm, no. Yeah. No? It's I feel like sadder any, any than profession that. can it's say sadder that. Than Fair. That. Yeah. I mean, what's funny about that is are they paying the humans on set? I mean, most student films don't pay the humans. Yeah, so, like, not. what? I just need that parent. Why are they. Paying the parrot. Yeah. 
yeah, it didn't make sense to me, but I am going to buy a parrot and respond because I feel like economically that'll actually work out quite well. How much are parrots going for these Can't days? Can't be that much. Yeah, yeah. like 25 du- bucks? Yeah. yeah, something like that. You'll I was going to say 25 ducks. But. Yeah, they have you on set five days. That's <laughs> for a parrot. They have you on set for five days. You make 500 bucks. You resell the parrot. Yep. You can sell your house. Boom. What? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Guys. Trivia. You want to hear the trivia How answer? How did we both know that we were just going to Yes, guys. Just, just in sync, Tell baby. us. The New York Yankees. Perhaps you've heard of them. Yes. They're a major league baseball team. Yes, I have. Major league. They're major. <laughs> they invested in an internet company. In the internet? The what internet? kind of internet company? Did they invest in awake dating? Maybe. What we're going to be talking about later. We're going to be talking about later today. Could you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> Darren Jeter's on there. He's like the spokesperson. Hi, I'm Hi. Derek Dieter. And I- Derek Dieter? <laughs> I'm Derek Jeter. And 9 11 was an inside job. Thank you for taking my joke Yankees. that I flopped. <laughs> yeah, as a New York fucking spokesperson. Okay. What was your? What were your guesses? Uh, you said, uh, well, like I'm an apparel company. Fantasy baseball. And you said fantasy baseball. And e pretzels. Okay. <laughs> that sounds What's delicious. the answer? What's the answer? E pretzels is, is not that far away. I mean, the world today. Mustard. Oh, okay. What is it? What is it? It's actually pretty far away. <laughs> the New York Yankees invested in an esports company. Makes sense. Do you know what that is? Sports online. <laughs> oh, wait. Is this where you watch people play video games Correct. of sports? <gasps> not of sports. Competitive gaming. Competitive gaming. You know what? I actually think I read this. And I forgot that it was the Yankees. Wow. Because, well, I think I was more fascinated when I was reading the article. that There is now going to be a whole world of watching people play video games. Oh, there has been. Well, yeah, there is a whole world. But that it's now becoming like big money, too. And right? it, ha- it has been for a good while. But yeah. I just found it interesting that the Yankees, like one of the biggest sports franchises, are like, yeah, we're going in on League of Legends. That's... That's wow. where we're going to be. Yeah, it's interesting because I see the parallels and the opportunity, but it's also fitness and lack of movement. I was going to say, aren't they going to like put themselves out of jobs if, if this becomes so popular that no, because people they're are investing people in play it. baseball? So now right. that's their money. Oh, true. So <laughs> It's a beautiful cycle. Yeah, they're actually, it, was it was a good move. Betting on one or the other, I guess. Good I move, know. Derek Jeter. <laughs> I know what you're saying about sports and esports. I think esports is a weird way to frame it because like, I don't know. It depends on your definition of sports. Sports right. to me implies physical activity. Yeah, yes. it's not a sport. It's gaming. They're investing in gaming. Right, but it's but it's not just gaming. It's competitive gaming. That's like right, right. Like yeah, ten but- kids in the center of Madison Square Garden, and millions of people are watching, and they're competing in a game for like a million dollar prize. Like that's a huge industry, and will continue to grow. Right, but it's not. Sports. It's yeah, a weird call it term. something else. Call it competitive gaming or whatever. Yeah, it's also interesting the number of things that don't classify as sports that are very physical. Mm. Like what? Dance. I mean, dances. People, good dancers are an extremely good physical condition. Dance is an art. And it is an art, but I think you know gymnastics is in the Olympics, but we still don't quite qualify. I would that call it a sport. Stuff as sports, but then you you qualify gymnastics, gymnastics as, a sport. as a sport, but not dancing. Martial but dancing, arts. Dancing is not competitive, meaning you don't. It could you don't, be. It, it could, could be. be, but it's it's an art. Like that's like saying yeah, writing plays is a sport. Yeah, I know it's an argument that's been made sport. that there could be competitive dancing, and people don't classify it as a sport. Is martial arts considered a sport? It is. Hmm. I think video gaming is not a sport. There's nothing wrong with video gaming, necessarily, but I just don't think it's a sport. We're really bringing things down today. I know. This is the saddest <laughs> hour of my life. Uh, once again, this is a comedy podcast, 
And I For hope everyone is laughing. Uh, tune in to other episodes. They might make you laugh. This More. one. Yeah, stop listening to this one and so just much. find another one. Yeah. They're really funny. Trust yeah. us. Cool. All well, right. Well, today, we have an interview. We, we should do have get an interview. To. We are super excited right now to talk with Jared Fitton, the CEO and founder of Wide Awake Media, Ireland. <laughs> yes. Welcome, Jared. Yeah, so if nothing else, there's going to be a good accent today. Well, you're going to get an Australian accent from a guy that owns a, a company out of Ireland. So uh, there you go. It's a bit mixed around. And I'm, I'm here in Colorado. So you are. Oh, wow. All uh, right. Boring. <laughs> Tell us uh, what's Wide Awake Media. Just give us the spiel to kick off this interview so, so our listeners know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> I, I hear you. Okay, Wide Awake Media is uh, the parent company of a number of businesses uh, that are all focused around, uh, I suppose you could say, truther topics, you know, conspiracy theorists, conspiracies, uh, or, you know, early adopters of inconvenient truths, uh, as I sort of prefer to, you know, proponents, or awake, you know, as, as sort of, you know, I'm, uh, I'm touting that branding. I think, you know, we're awake and we can, uh, it's, it's better going forward with that than, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists, which is a, a weaponized term. I can get into that later. So <laughs> our company has a, uh, has a few uh, different businesses, one which is, you know, really huge right now in the press. There's, there's well over, you know, 100 articles, uh, honestly, in, in like six or seven languages, is awake dating. Uh, and awake dating is the uh, you know the dating site for people with sort of a socially inconvenient uh, awareness, uh, so they can you know get together. So that's uh, one of our big projects. We've got awake social, which is a, in beta. It's a test in now. It's a it's basically a social site uh, for you know truthers for people who are awake. Uh, and we're this year uh, building here in Colorado as well as a, a satellite studio in the UK. We're actually building TV studios, uh, and we're going to be broadcasting our own content twenty four hours a day. Uh, through our own app on all devices. So some really exciting things for us going on now. Wow. All right, Jared, how do you feel about the term truther? Oh, you know, truth is, it's, it's, I, I see a lot of these terms as easily to be sort of hijacked, perhaps. Uh, you know, truth, it works okay for a lot of different things. But, you know, sort of in our community, there's a lot of people that see themselves as spiritually awake, not just into the truth sort of side of things. Um, we found there's some, you know, a lot of people have fallen in love. You know, you might have uh, a, a lady who's, you know, right into aerial acrobatics and spirituality and, uh, you know, and all this sort of stuff. It meets up with a guy who's like really, uh, you know, hell bent with 9 11 truth and GM and things like this and, and they end up clicking so it's sort of like the, our community is diverse I suppose okay. uh, in that way yeah well I'd love you just kind of hit it but I'd love to dive right into what are some of the main theories that are bringing people together I suppose the main theories aren't even theories the main the main interests I suppose you could mm -hmm. say because they're the, 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 the main the main sort of uh, uh, topics of interest amongst the awake are just public record sort of stuff uh, but it's still stuff that we don't generally know about or talk about such as uh, Federal Reserve banking the Federal Reserve you know uh, the, the illusion of money uh, you know money is debt and money is slavery and obviously I don't know how much you guys know about where money comes from I know I I was tricky to ask this question before but you know if I was to ask you the question where does money come from? What would your answer be? Well, it definitely grows on a trees. Tree. <laughs> trees. Yeah. That's the answer. It's a safe answer, really. Trees. Sticking with it. Um, it comes from and, the, the mint. So much trivia today. <laughs> and that's kind of where the you know the, the central precept of being awake is knowing where money comes from. I suppose mm -hmm. you could say, uh, and that is that uh, money is printed as debt to the populace of a nation by central banks and who is it for instance who owns the federal reserve i mean everyone thinks oh the federal reserve it's the government uh it's the people no it's a privately owned entity 
by a handful of families. And the scary thing is the same families that own the Federal Reserve own the, the every single central bank in the world except for four. Uh, so money now, through the last, you know, three or four generations. Wait, is it, uh, on, is it on record who owns them? Oh, yeah. The go-out guys, you know, I'm talking on thousands of hours of research deep into this. Thousands of hours. So, you know, obviously there's a whole body of, you know, there's, there's people have been writing about this for a long time. But essentially what happened here in the States was it was all a, uh, something happened on Jekyll Islands, which is a very ominous sounding place. But mm -hmm. I'd suggest go and have a look at the history of it. It's not for me to, to mm -hmm. I can see you in the past. You guys go and have a look yourself. It's all public record. Yeah. You know, this is not theory. This is not ooh, conspiracy. But it's, uh, mm -hmm. so that's one of the main things. It would have to be that. Mm -hmm. well, um, can I ask you quickly, because you mentioned about public record, looking it up ourselves, what are some reliable sources in, I was gonna in, in ask your the opinion? same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, where could we find more information on topics like this? You know, I, I suppose it depends. Uh, you know, history is written by the victors, and we need to uh, you know accept that always. So whatever we're reading is going to be, you know, what, what we're supposed to be reading. Uh, in saying that there, you know, my suggestion is you can start with uh, an easy resource like YouTube, uh, you know, and even search engines and start looking at information and just follow links, you know, follow links back to, you know, the same as with academic articles. You just follow things to their source, you know, the same thing. They'll be, they'll have, you know, a, a references quote and you just follow the reference to, you know, uh, the Federal Reserve Act, for instance, you know, and how it happens. I was actually reading today the Federal Reserve's uh, .org, like their history page, and they put this lovely sort of, oh, the people got together because they were concerned about the economic state in America. No, they got together so that they could then have a privately owned bank issuing money at debt to the American people, which is actually, uh, this is not constitutional, by the way. Congress doesn't have the power to delegate uh, who prints the coin. Congress has the power to print to mint the coin of the realm, i.e., you know, the U.S. dollar, uh, but they don't have the power to delegate it. That would actually require a separate amendment uh, to the Constitution. So uh, this is probably the central precept. The other things that people are really interested in, uh, GMOs are really big in the awake community uh, compared to organic and naturally grown foods. Um, things like wait, all what, what what about them? People are oh, into GMOs, or I don't know. Yeah, well, pe people are very anti-GMO in the awake community. Mm -hmm. They're very anti-GMO, uh -uh, okay. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and natural health, you know, natural health is opposed to allopathic uh, medicines, you know, like, you know, like chemicals. I think it's the number three killer in the States now is, um, is actually uh, prescription medicines taken the right way by the people who are supposed to take them, uh, which is pretty alarming. Oh, what, uh, like the opioid crisis that's happening? Oh, maybe all the prescription. Yeah. Yeah. Prescription okay. Pink yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know, but it sounds pretty scary to me. Uh, you know, and obviously cancer is a big one. Cancer is another big topic and, and the cancer conspiracy, I suppose you could say, which is, uh, you know, you can go on and have a look at countless people who have cured their own cancer through, for instance, a Dr. Simoncini uh, out, of, out of Italy. He's a pediatric, a pedi pediatric oncologist uh, who quite, you know, simply discovered that, you know, cancer is a fungus. Uh, it's candida albions when it goes out of control. And he, he he's killed cancer. And can, you can watch this demonstrated. He was actually disbarred for trying to propone this and going on TV and everything. But other doctors have even, you can watch their testimony, have cured themselves by injecting bicarbonate soda. Would you believe the most easy thing and free thing in the world? Uh, remember that free, it's not profitable. So there's no industry uh, involved in bicarbonate soda. But, you know, like uh, I wish I knew what I knew now about cancer when my father died, uh, you know, in 2000 from cancer. So I really do. Uh, now, I'm not scared of cancer at all, uh, at all. And, and one of my friends in the, the alternative uh, industry actually runs radio and does podcasts. Uh, he had lymphatic cancer. Uh, he's only 30, you know, 35, had lymphatic cancer, was really scared. We had a big discussion. He went and did his research and now he's fine. 
12 months later, completely gone. What did, what did he do? Did he inject himself with um, soda? No, no, no. You can actually do a you can do a bicarbonate soda and molasses preparation. I advise you. You can go and have a look on YouTube on a guy who was had was stage four prostate and ten years later is still using it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, bicarb with molasses mix. You can have a look at that how you do it. But also, he went vegan. Veganism is quite important. MMS, GC math. I'm going to throw. There's all these things here that you know your, your listeners aren't going to know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm still going to put it out there. Uh, as I said, MMS, GC math, things like colloidal silver as well. Veganism, Dr. Professor Colin Campbell did, has done extensive research into veganism and how you can literally turn on and off cancer cells simply by animal protein. I mean, that's a huge one there. Have a look at Professor Colin Campbell and his work. Uh, you know, and so my friend went vegan and all this sort of stuff, and now he's fine, you know, implemented all these different things. Okay, question for you. Do you feel like amongst truthers, like once, once you find your way in, there's an interest that you have, there's one thing... Is it that you start to accumulate multiple interests? Like, do you find over time that you're within, that you're feeling more awake, you have more and more interests in these things? Well, I suppose it's like anything. When, when you start uncovering all these sort of public record, old, you know, inconvenient facts and new facts as well, you, you sort of accumulate a body of knowledge. And I, I mean, people do have certain interests and topics they want. For instance, a lot of people, it's like, you know, extraterrestrial stuff. For my wife, for instance, natural health. It's all about natural health. We've got two young daughters. Uh, my wife's actually pregnant now again. So, you know, she's just all about natural health, which is fantastic uh, for all of us. Um, but you know, so we all, we, you can probably do pick certain things that, you know, you gravitate towards. Um, for me, I don't, for me, it's really just these days it's about business and the fact that we're, we're looking on a community, which is, I, I'm paying for some really serious market research now. Uh, and it's looking like we're climbing up to a hundred million people worldwide, you know, and this is a huge, you know, pretty much unaddressed market, uh, when it comes to media. I mean, the, the natural health products and services are actually addressing it. You know, they're, they're, they're marketing towards it. Uh, and that's why we're building the first uh, commercial awake channel in the world because it needs to be done. So to take it back to your wife, Jared, you had told me, we talked on the phone before, and you said that you and your wife had stumbled upon some truths together, I think, when you founded your company. Can you talk about like what those were? Sure. So <clears throat> obviously, um, we, we, we sort of, the, the thing that really grabbed our attention was uh, looking at the foundation for wars more than anything and the economic foundation behind that. There's a fantastic documentary called All Wars, A Banker's Wars. You can find it via YouTube. It gives a hell of a lot of information there. Uh, initially, the thing that sort of sparked our interest and got us interested was these strange trails uh, in the sky. You know, these, uh, uh, what we thought were, you know, we, we didn't know what they were, but, you know, like... Uh, Strange um, atmospheric condition, uh, you know, due to, due to aircraft coming going over in rural islands, and uh, we didn't know what that was. And started researching that. We looked at some of the work of Dane Whittington, uh, uh, you know, and, and into um, you know, like this sort of they they, they call them chemtrails. A lot of people call them chemtrails. I don't know what the heck they are, uh, but all I know is that you know, in rural Ireland, they the planes would come over incessantly and for a short periods of time, leave uh, persistent trails in the sky, which I've never seen before. You know, I've seen contrails my whole life. I didn't know what these things were. Uh, and then they'd accumulate into a cloud mass, actually, over the, the space of a day. Uh, and then this, over the next, you know, few days, we're in the middle of rural island with no industry anywhere. The, the, the air would be so thick with part particulate matter and pollution that you couldn't see more than, you know, 200 yards. And I've lived in Beijing, and it was just like living in Beijing. And I didn't know what the heck is this stuff falling out of the sky. So that was probably the, you know, the, the first thing that got us the, going down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Wait, uh, what did that have to do with economic wars? 
Oh, because I think I think this is the whole the whole thing with being awake is when you start. I mean, there's a lot of things that are unexplainable in our world. You know, we take a simple explanation: the media or the government or someone. You know, we see in, in you know power gives us. They say, oh, you know, this is why things are in the world. I think as you sort of traverse this, uh, you know, wide ranging inf- information, you come to. This, this sort of conclusion that most things actually do have a reason. There are reasons for things, uh, even if we don't know what they are and we wonder why these weird things happen. Uh, and, and it's all traceable back to the same central reason. So I suppose, you know, the, the awake way of viewing the world is more holistic in the way that we uh, are sort of looking at the, the, all these different factors and the, and the, 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 the central reasons that they are happening uh, are sort of the same across the board. It all comes down to money and power. So you were saying that we all just kind of blindly trust, you know, the government and media. But if you're creating a media empire, it's like you can't fight them, join them. Like, what's that about? Yeah, so that's the dif- the difference between us is we're actually well, we're an awake family company. Firstly, but secondly, we're actually giving our, our, ourselves up to the people. Uh, how much do you know about uh, blockchain technology? A little bit. I don't. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I know a little. I know a little bit. I mean, that was one of our trivia questions in a previous podcast episode. Oh, so I should know. Well, because that's it. where you get Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. So that's how okay. much I really know. Sure. Okay. So the, right now there is actually what we could be called call an ICO boom. Now, an ICO is an initial coin offering, uh, kind of akin, I suppose, in a way to a, you know, a, an IPO. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but ICOs typically that you don't actually have any equity or shares in any company. It's just a coin or a token. Uh, I personally know people making tens of millions right now uh, from very small stacks, actually, just from from investing can I do in that? crypto. I'd like to you make can. millions. <laughs> A hundred percent. You Great. could be buying yourself a G6, you know, in a, in a year. Uh, you know, I'm not even joking right now. It's huge. It's crazy. Uh, and there's some real serious money involved. Uh, but we're, we're bringing out our own token. We're bringing out something called TrueCoin, uh, which is actually going to be a, an ownership of the equity of our company. So we're giving out and selling a whole bunch of – we're selling our company to the people through TrueCoin, through a, an actual cryptocurrency that they're going to be able to use on our sites uh, we, we've got an awake marketplace coming uh, on Awake Social, which is wait. Like so they a, can yeah. buy ownership of the site through TrueCoin, but and use the TrueCoin, yeah. But then, how do you determine sites. the value of TrueCoin? It's determined by the market, the same as any other currency is. You know, oh, sorry. Okay, so there's exchanges. You don't understand. There's exchanges right now. You can go and have a look at this, guys. There's exchanges which list all the different what they call altcoins, coins, and so you can see what the current market rate is. And people uh, sell them for other coins. They sell them for fiat currency, whatever. You can buy and sell right now. This is the whole world that you you know. The world's waking up to the, the cryptocurrency revolution, and, and I'm not in any way surprised that you guys, you know, haven't haven't gotten into this yet. But like I said, it is huge. Go and have a look at crypto exchanges like Coinbase, uh, for instance. You know, and like this, it's it's a massive thing going on right now. It's a whole alternate stock exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know about that part, but then I don't understand how you can create true coin. But maybe that's a tangent we don't need to go down. But how do you create your own essentially, and just be like, well, now uh-huh. there's a new one, and people can buy our company through this currency that we made. Yeah. So firstly, it has to be a blockchain technology. So it has to be something which is verifiable and needs to be something which is uh, not able to be faked or replicated or anything like that. Um, and people can buy it through what's called an ICO, which is an initial coin offering. Uh, and we sell it out there and, and the market sort of sets the price from there. Uh, and we're actually just subscribing equity to our coin as well, which is quite unusual. We're actually including, uh, you know, equity holding in our company uh, based on the, on the amount of true coin you own. It's kind of, I suppose it comes down to really just like having the right lawyers. There's things called smart contracts, which need to be put in place as well. 
Uh, it's a real complex process, guys, and it costs, you know, like three or four hundred thousand uh, to actually do an ICO in the first place. But what it comes out with is something that my our, our member base, which is the Awake community, uh, can use to trade without debt-based fiat currency from the central banks. Uh, they're going to be able to use it to, to buy things, you know, all, all, you know, on our awake marketplace to buy discount health food and um, and products and services, as well as trade it online, you know, as well as sell it for other coin and sell it for Bitcoin or sell it for, you know, US dollars or whatever they want to, which is what's happening, you know, right now out there in the crypto world. Why do you think these things haven't caught on, right? So if people are really curing cancer in these really simple ways, you would think that would still spread like wildfire within certain communities. So why do you think that oh, it's and, not? And it has spread like wildfire in the awake community. Right, but it's you know what I'm saying? What's that, your, yeah. what, why do you think it hasn't gone more mainstream? Is you my know question. what's one of the strangest things that my wife and I discovered when we started, especially researching, you know, natural health, is that unless you know exactly the person's name to type into a search engine or exactly what you want, you know, what it is that you're looking for, you won't actually find this stuff. And so I don't know how search engines work exactly. That's not my field. But all I know is it's really hard to find this stuff. Once you've found it, you can find it you know, nonstop. But to find it in the first place really is quite tricky. But as I said, there is there's people shouting this from the rooftops. Uh, you just like, you know, you just don't hear it in the mainstream media because there's no money. Uh, you know, in it. There's no money in the cures. The cures are free. Uh, you know, they really are. And that's the problem, you know, whereas there is a multi-billion dollar cancer industry, uh, you know, which obviously, you know, hey, they've got a bit to lose there. So you said behind everything is money and power. And you mentioned there were these families talking about the Federal Reserve Bank, private families. Who are these families and what are they doing with their money? What are their names? And can I be adopted? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the number of you know families to note. You know, uh, obviously the big one that sort of stands out in everyone's mind is the Rothschilds family. The Rothschilds, everyone's heard of them, so that's definitely one of them. Uh, sort of, they're, they're a lot of they're, they're blamed for being the root of all evil. I don't know. I imagine behind them, there's there's the, you know even like the older like I don't know what happened to the Medici from years ago if they just evolved into a different family or if uh, you know what what's going on there. But I mean, there's there's a number of different sort of old European families that. Are, the Warburgs are another. There's a few others. You guys can have a look at them. You know, uh, JP Morgan was one of these big banksters from back in the day. Obviously, free power. JP Morgan actively suppressed that then from Tesla. Uh, you know, and we're still, you know, burning things and like trying to collect stuff from the sun or wind when Tesla had, you know, zero point energy going right then for free, unmeted, uh, without wires to everyone's house in the area. And JP Morgan came around. And his famous quote is, if I can't put a meter on it, I don't want to know about it. And they pulled down these towers. Uh, you know, so free power. This is another huge one in the awake community. When was that? Oh God, guys, you'd have to. I don't have the I'm date. Have to yeah, but like it's all very a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking yeah, like sixty years ago more. You know, this is all public record stuff again. It's pretty easy to find. It's all out there. So you're saying, well, actually, I'm hearing two different things. I'm hearing that some of this you're you're saying it's very easy to find, and then some of it you're saying is very hard to find. So the yeah. stuff that's hard to find, how do you recommend that people begin? Well, I suppose it comes on to trying to find a reliable source to give you some sort of uh, guidance. You know, whether there's a lot of different YouTube people who are putting out a lot of content. Some of it's good, some of it's really, you know, poor. In the main, it's not produced well, which is what needs to be stepped up. How would you define something as a reliable source or not? Well, it's something which is, has been recorded from you know, by academics or your specialist people who, you know, are in the know that know more than what we do. The same as we do with all other information. Mm-hmm. We rely on people that know more than us to, to be documenting these things. Okay. 
Do you want to dive into awake dating? I was thinking that. Okay. Let's talk about the impetus behind starting awake dating. So how did that start, Jared? Well, uh, okay. So uh, around about two years ago, we decided that we were going to launch this media enterprise. Uh, and a key part would be social sites. So on that, you know, my wife and I were fortunate enough to wake up together. And so, you know, we had someone else to sort of, because, you know, your families, your friends, it's quite, you know, people don't want to know about this stuff generally. There's a there's a well-studied uh, effect called uh, um, cognitive dissonance, which actually gets people to instantly reject these things that are so, you know, out of out of their understanding or, or their current understandings. Um, so it's really, you know, it's isolating. It can be isolating. So we also knew that the market is huge. Like we, we we didn't have proper market research at that stage. We hadn't, you know, we hadn't gone down that path, but we knew it was huge. So we thought, you know what, for this media company, the best thing to do firstly for branding purposes as much as anything is to launch a dating site uh, because we, we knew it's, it's going to be something that's really buzzworthy. This is a real, wow, conspiracy theorist dating site. Wow, what a niche. Um, but, you know, so we launched it for that, that reason. And also because waking up ourselves, we had that support and we thought if we could, enable others to have that that's a like a really good karmic sort of effect mm-hmm. uh, and we've had people fall and we've had many people fall in love on our site and that's really cool you know i haven't charged them a cent and they've fallen in love and wow that's a really good payment there you know i have a question because i imagine you guys deal with like you were saying it's hard people don't want to listen and blah 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 so i was <laughs> i was sort of amused that in your promo video for awake dating they are wearing tinfoil hats why yeah, is that? Because I would assume that was one of the stereotypes you might want to get away from, mm-hmm. just as you know a guess, what? but maybe not. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and, and that marketing is devised by me. That's, that's sort of my academic background, actually. And the reason that I did that is I thought I'm going to get out in front of the pack. If you're going to be there pointing a finger at me and say, oh, you're all tinfoil wearing hat guys, I'm going to say, yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to embrace it. We've even run a tinfoil hat of the month competition on Awake Dating. You know, like we, we, we employ satirical marketing uh, in everything because it's the best way to go about it. I don't mind. I, you know, I'll, I'll be in front of any forum and back my facts against anyone's. I don't have anything to hide. There's no reason that our community should be hiding anything. Therefore, let's get out in front of the pack, put them out, proudly wear our tinfoil hats, so to speak. Uh, and that's why the marketing's like that. It's satirical, you know. We thought we'll, we'll have a bit of tongue-in-cheek fun with what the market, with what the other people are going to think about us. Got it. Got it. How many people use awake dating? Just a shade under eighteen thousand as of this week. Uh, we grow, uh, we grow around about three hundred a week at the moment, and that's with no advertising, mind you. We're we've got a brand new app in development, a brand new iOS app, a brand new Android app. Uh, and a brand new responsive site. They're all hitting the market in six weeks. And we've got some huge press guys and some huge things happening now that I can't go into exactly, but we're going to see that 18,000 skyrocket to, you know, a couple hundred thousand uh, very, very soon. So. And how do people but, connect on the site? So we aren't one of those like swipe for sex sites. Uh, it's, it's not like, like that. The way That's that we're too set bad. Up. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, yeah, you got some real sexy thumbs swiping there. But um, what 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 we're doing? What, what, what there's a few ways you can meet. Obviously, you can look by location and things like that. But what's actually unique to our site? We've had this built in. Uh, it's a different feature. You can actually add your own interest to the database into our searching database. You know, we have a there's a database of you know right now it's like ten thousand interests or something crazy. 
uh, you know, that you can actually put in your own interest. Like it might be, for instance, noisy keyboards. Uh, that, that's come up. People interested in noisy keyboards and 9-11 truth and ETs, you know, and you can you can actually, like, search just for that, people who are interested in the topics. Wait, what's the deal You're, with noisy keyboards? I don't know. You tell me. Like, we, 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 I looked at some of your previous podcasts with Furbies. We've had some furry sort of people. Some of our marketing at one stage had, I, I actually did with a guy with a big panda mask on, and it's amazing we had some uh, real interesting interesting characters uh sign up after that but um you know you can actually i don't know what sort of stories of the noisy keyboards i'm sorry it's not my interest but it is someone's and they can actually put that into the database and people have added that and then other people can add that to their interests and you know there's probably 500 people for some reason is there uh, is there some kind of theory like conspiracy theory or truth behind it or, or it's just well, like nah like, people are just like why are keyboards so noisy yeah well that's the thing the awake community isn't just interested in you know uh, you know, aliens and the GMOs and vaccines and 9-11. We're kind of into, you know, everything that everyone else is. I, I'd like to think that we're a pretty reasonably, you know, cool and alternative community. Uh, everything from your know, memes, everything that you guys are currently into mixed with some stuff that you'd never heard of. Uh, so noisy keyboards apparently is one of these things that awake people are interested in. I, I, I don't get it. Can you talk a little more just about why you think there's a need for a dating site that caters to this niche. So the, the best answer to that is that, you know, awake people, when they start trying to broach these topics with friends or family or anyone, uh, they often get rejected. You know, the, the information gets rejected and that can sometimes turn into an outright rejection of the individual. So over a period of time, you start sort of holding yourself back. You don't talk about what's really important to you, what you want to talk about. Uh, and, and, you, and you sort of, you have this feeling that whenever you meet somebody, you can't be yourself. You can't talk about what it is that, you know, is of concern or interest to you. You're talking about Kim Kardashian's handbag rather than talking about, you know, like uh, Federal Reserve banking. So because of that, it's hard for people who are awake to meet people. You know, I, I, you know, it, it's really difficult. Actually, one of our members sent a uh, some texts I can forward you guys. It's really funny, you know, from a mainstream dating site. And just like it was going so great, so great. And she said one thing and the guy was just like, ah, this is not going to work. What'd she say? You know. Oh, she was, she was she was talking about 9/11, you know, and, and like she said, what do you how do you think about conspiracy theories? You know, conspiracy theories. And the guy said, well, they're the the fuel that makes crazy crazy people's minds, you know, work or whatever. Uh, and she just ended up with, wow, jet fuel can melt, melt steel beams, and that was it. And she was out. And then she joined our site. And she said a stat and said, hey, you guys want to use it for marketing, whatever, go for it. But this is why I had to join you. Mm -hmm. uh, is, and that's the thing, you know, people are just afraid of being rejected. And I suppose we offer a safe space. Because everyone knows that if you're identifying as being awake and you're on awake dating, well, hey, you know, you've, you've definitely got, you know, a fluid belief system. You've got an open mind. Uh, you're not going to reject somebody out of hand just because they're interested in noisy keyboards. Jaren, you mentioned when we first started talking that you think the term conspiracy theorist is weaponized. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, I can. I was actually reading an article about it earlier today. I just can't see if I can get it up. But yeah, it was actually, uh, it was during the Warren report. This is all public record again, not not conspiracy, not anything. But uh, the CIA put out a, a memorandum to the major press at the time and said, let's start employing this term, uh, you know, for people who are questioning the government's findings into the Warren Commission, which is when JFK was uh, killed. Again, there's, there's professors, I was reading the, the discourse of a professor today who studied this uh, I suggest you can do it the same. Again, it's not that hard to find. You can just type in, you know, conspiracy theorist etymology or conspiracy theorist weaponized term professor. And, you know, Google will give you the results there. And you can look at these people uh, more knowledgeable than myself discussing how it was weaponized. And, you know, even, I mean, you, you, let's look at the two words separately, guys. I mean, conspiracies happen 
millions, if not billions of times a day. If you're holding a party for someone they don't know about it, that's a conspiracy. If you're getting a, someone to deliver your, your friend a present they don't know about it, it's a conspiracy. If you're in business, you conspire every day, all day about things because it's just the way it works. So that's conspiracy. That's what a, that's what's conspiring is. And a theory, my Lord, evolution's a theory. There's so many different theories that we take. Again, theories are based in observable fact and evidences, and they're, they're the basis for most modern science. But then all of a sudden, if I get those two words and put them together, there's a knee-jerk reaction that causes you to go, oh, 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 oh I don't believe that. That's a little bit too out there for me. It doesn't matter what I say after the, those two words, conspiracy theory. So have a look at how it was weaponized, and it's really interesting to see uh, you know how we now view that word in the current discourse around it compared to what it, you know it, it really is. It's a it's a theory about a conspiracy which happen all the time. Can we talk about something near and dear to my heart? Yes. Aliens. Tell me the conspiracy theories on aliens. Sorry, the truths, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, all right. So there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of interest in greys and you know what are the greys? Like aliens like are grey or uh, like small bodies and grey, large eyes. What? Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, those <laughs> sort of guys. And you know, are they actually alien? You know, well, yeah. Are they actually aliens or are they uh, you know sort of autonomons? You know, sort of controlled. Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's Area 51's a big one that people are into and what's going on there. Um, Oh, they, they, there's so many different... Oh, the aliens control the world. That's another great one. That they're at the end of it all up behind the central banksters. So behind these ones that we can definitely point fingers at and say, okay, these are the bosses of the world. Apparently behind them, according to some people in the awake community, are, uh, you know, other entities that aren't of this dimension or of this planet. So, you know what? I try to keep myself grounded in what I can point my finger at and observable truths and empirical evidence, you know, and there's more than enough there to keep me busy and scared 24-7, yes. you know? We have to wrap it up. All right. Thanks so, thanks much, so much, Jared. It's been great to speak with you. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome, awesome day. Two Girls, One Podcast is made possible by you, the listeners. And if you love the internet as much as we love talking about it, consider supporting us on Patreon. A lot of work and time go into research, recording, editing, and distributing the show. Contributing even one or two dollars per month is huge in offsetting our production costs. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash 2G1P. We'll keep making the show no matter what. But your support allows us to make it even better. Thank you so much for listening. And, and enjoy, enjoy the, the show. show. All right, guys. Well, that was different. Yeah, what did you think about that? Than our usual interview of fetishes. Yeah, that was a weird fetish. (laughs) That was, well, yeah. What Uh, is the fetish uh, exactly? The truth. Yeah. uh, I'm I'm feeling so many feelings right now. I don't know if our listener agrees. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm sure. We have all kinds of listeners. Who knows what they're feeling? Yeah. I hope. But um, I just, I don't. I definitely don't want to judge the point of this podcast is that people share their thoughts, um, you know, and how these communities have found each other through the internet, which certainly this community has, and he's building a community. Mm -hmm. But I can't help but be quite concerned in the sense that every time we asked him for a source, it got kind of like Google it or YouTube it. So I guess I just think that, dear listener, you should always fact check everything. Yeah. I think some of the dilemma in that interview for me is that I was not super familiar with conspiracy theories because why would I be, right? So a lot of things that he spouted off, I didn't even know how to agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do know that one of, I love and hate the internet and one of the major, major problems today with the internet is that so much information is available. And I would say 
just going to Google or going to YouTube, as he said several times, I would say is the opposite of what one should do. Mm-hmm. I think that we should all be very careful with our sources. And maybe you find that source through an initial Google search. But yeah. I would say really look at who you're reading and who they're vetted by. Right? I would agree. I think that that speaks for our podcast very well. <laughs> yeah. I guess you know, it's, it's tough when yeah. people actually like the minority view and they mm-hmm. think that this is something true and different that other people just don't know about. But even within a minority view, I would look at their background, right? Their mm-hmm. their the papers that they've published or mm-hmm. where they went to school, mm-hmm. what they studied, what their degree is. Do they have flair on Reddit? Do they have flair? <laughs> I think that's yeah, super important that yeah, you need to be sure you're going to reliable sources. But and I think that everyone I'm thinks their feeling... sources are reliable. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say I personally I, I mean to each their own and maybe somebody out there listening just now thought that the sources did sound reliable. But I you know, it's it to each their own. You know, you have to determine what's a reliable source to you and I think you need a little Reddit flair in order to be reliable. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well something I really actually For one of the only times ever, guys, I'm going to turn this over to Matthew, but here is why. There was a lot of talk. I know Matthew's celebrating in the corner. He can't even believe it. I'm getting ready. What's it going to be? So there was a lot of talk talk? about, shh, not yet. Okay. Silence, little lamb. Is it now? Little lamb. Okay. There was a, there's a lot of, he talked, he spoke a lot about the media. The media, right. And basically um, that he thinks that mainstream media is really the conspiracy, essentially. I have a lot of journalist friends, and I know that a lot of them find a story that they think is interesting, and they pursue that story. I've never heard of them saying, like, oh, my editor shot this down, and I have to do this instead because of money, or I don't know. But, well, I mean, yes, money in the sense of, like, can we run advertising and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, like, if... Cancer could be cured through these simple measures. I just can't imagine that that wouldn't spread like wildfire and that it wouldn't that you wouldn't be able to monetize that. And you made you made that point or you pushed him on that point and it mm-hmm. didn't really we didn't get to a solid conclusion or an answer. And I agree with you. Look, there it's this it's this narrative dis, of distrusting the media that is out there. And has been out there for a long time. I wanted to ask his opinion on the election, but I was like, can of worms, can of worms. Too too far, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, The media is flawed, and the media makes mistakes, and the media has bias. Fine. And And does need to make money. And does need to make money. So advertising and monetizing pressures affect media. They do. And I, and everyone should be concerned about that. But to your point that you just said, if I were to, pu- you know, as a member of the media, if I were to publish an article that said you could cure cancer by squirting soda water into your cells or veins, and if that was actually true, then I'd be rolling in cash because everyone would be coming to my website or buying my newspaper or watching my television program because it would be the biggest thing ever. Right, because it's not even like that'd be boring news. Like, that would you be know, the most exciting news ever. Right, well, because cause there's some... News that unfortunately doesn't get clicks because it's not exciting enough. It's true and it's factual and it's important, but it's not exciting and it doesn't get clicks. I feel like that would get so many clicks if you're like breaking news. Right. And drawing this line to this to this notion, which I think Jared was was making, which was like maybe pharmaceutical companies or corporations are so powerful that they somehow have control of the media or maybe they wouldn't advertise in mainstream media because we're bursting the bubble about cancer. It's like 
No, the, the news value of that completely outweighs any advertiser interest and every other advertiser in the world would want to be in that article because it's the biggest article in modern medicine. But he's saying that, oh, like you can't find it. Also, he, he said, I don't know how Google works. Well, Google's job is to service the most relevant information. That's their business model. That's how they make money. So if the cure for cancer was soda water and I published that article, it would be a day, it would be an hour before Google surfaced it as the number one result because everyone in the world would be like, holy shit, this is how we do it. This but that's is how not, we cure cancer. But it's, but it's not true. So I wish his art. I'm curious about the people who claim that it happened to them. Right. But yeah. when you, but when you guys kind of nudged him in that direction, it's like, oh, well, people say I've heard my friend. And it's like, well, that's not a clinical study. That's not scientific. That's someone who, that's someone who had a placebo effect or someone whose cancer was mitigated in some other way. We don't know what it, it's, it's not, a, it's not scientific. It's not mm-hmm. medical in any way. Yeah. I'm just sitting here with my mind blown. Yeah, me too. I'm scared by his media empire in the sense that, uh, and now I'm sounding too judgy. I'm very happy he spoke with us uh, just listeners. So, you know, we're not editing him in any misconstrued way. He's, he spoke his truth and thank you for speaking your truth, sir. Um, but I'm scared because it feels literally like someone just told me about the fake news media empire that they're creating. And I'm like, that's actually a major problem in today's world. Right. You, you can have problems with governments and corporations. I think we all yeah, do yeah, to that's an extent. Fair. And you can I mean, po- certainly I have a problem with this government right now. But yeah. you can you can question, though. You can ask tough questions. But I mean, but Jared said things like cancer is a fungus. I mean, that's a statement that he said. Mm-hmm. It's simply not true. Cancer is a mutation of cells. We, we've known that for 100 years. They're actually doing some really cool stuff right now. I got a push notification really? this morning where mm-hmm. they're uh, doing a mutation. I actually want to pull up my push notification so I don't misquote it, but they're basically like taking out cells and mutating them. They're doing something to them where they then become cancer fighters and then oh, they put I them back in. Oh, I just read that too. Yeah. 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 Okay, oh, that's so a, I, didn't, uh, oh, I briefly had a gene therapy. It was uh, like a self-destruct mechanism, me- meaning if a cell, like not know, it doesn't know, the cell doesn't know anything, but if a cell finds out that it's cancerous, it it self-destructs, therefore destroying the spread of the cancer. I think that's what it was. Another example, just hitting on what Jared was saying, just just taking his specifics and like picking apart some fallacies of like, you know, the chemtrail stuff of like a plane flies over, you know, leaves a trail of like... But also that thread went nowhere. We were like, what are you talking about? And there was no answer. There was no answer. There was no conclusion. It was like, there's a lot of trails in the sky. Planes leave trails. I think it's water vapor, but fine. But then, then later in the day, there was smog. Well, it's like there's a thousand other reasons why your air quality could not be great. It doesn't doesn't mean that the plane that just went overhead is the one that poisoned everybody. Well, right. yeah, I mean, also, but also, planes do create contribute to smog. So sure, but no, I don't even understand what the point of the whole right. thing was. Like, what was his... right? They burn jet fuel. Sure. Yeah. So what was so, the point? But, I don't know. Like. Cars are way more impactful right, in terms right. of, you know, he mentioned Beijing. Like, Beijing is not smoggy because of airplanes. It's smoggy because there's 50 billion cars on the road. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, was that what he was saying? He was comparing it to Beijing. Because I guess no, no, but was there. he saying that, like, the planes are... I don't... I say I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. know, but I just really want to encourage our listeners, whether you're a truther, I also wanted to make the point awake versus woke. Two different things. Oh, <laughs> nice. I kept thinking yeah. about that. I was like, mm, those are different, just so we're clear. Something we didn't bring up is uh, apparently if you're not awake, you're a sleepy. 
I think that's the terminology. Is that of the right? Community. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm fucking sleepy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but I just everyone, whatever, whatever your opinions are, um, just be sure to fact check them. And I guess, I guess, to be fair to him, I have not fact checked his yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everyone just like. I think the whole problem with the internet is just because someone put it on YouTube and has millions of followers does not necessarily mean that person is an expert. Maybe they are. Right. But that is one of the inherent problems of the internet that anyone can have a strong opinion and gain a following and therefore they are the expert. That's not a formula for expertise. So there might be someone that you agree with their opinion and they have millions of followers, but then you still need to do your research and see what is real. And all of us have opinions that are facts and are not facts. There's one other uh, element that I, I, I'm a fan of, which is decentralized currency. Yes. I don't know that cryptocurrency is going to be the next big thing in the next 10 years, but I believe in it and I think it's great because I don't want banks and corporations and governments tracking my transactions. Right, but I was confused about the idea of just like creating a truth coin. No, that's, but yeah, creating one on your, and people do. There's probably thousands of cryptocurrencies that right. just spring up, but like, Will they ever be viable? He was talking about it in a way of like, you can buy shares of the company and then use that money to then purchase products on the site. On the oh, site. Wait, wait, and that's I... a very like closed economy. System. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is not really what cryptocurrency is about. Cryptocurrency, as yeah, I understand. Yeah, that sounds like Candyland to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little silly. I, cryptocurrency is like, if I want to buy, you know, weed from you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then I should be able to do that over the internet without a government or, or bank tracking me. I mean, you can do that, and it's called Ease. It's an app. Really? Yeah. Wait, you didn't know about this? No, I, I, don't, I don't buy well, or smoke weed. But. I, I actually don't either. True story. <laughs> <coughs> well, I have before, but I don't really like it. Um, but anyway, well, at least in California, it's an app, and then you can literally just have weed delivered to your door in like a minute. But are you, but you're using um, U.S. currency to make the transaction. Yeah, you yeah. are. And that's you're using tied, those dollar dollar bills. And that's tied to a credit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they can track it. They that's the point. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> welcome. We can now order marijuana through an app. I bet there are some truthers listening to this. Welcome. And some sleepy folk. Uh, you know, we would just love to hear what what you think about those theories and the state of media and this could be a very long conversation i have no more jokes so if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts uh you can find us on the twitter uh, my handle is at junebugger j-o-o-n-b-u-g-g-e-r i'm at ali gold a-l-l-i-g-o-l-d and you can also email us at 2g1podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail with your own voice yeah, yours, <laughs> not other people. Don't yeah, do it but you know, no, you could. You could hold up the phone. Someone else could do it. That's true, but do it yourself. <laughs> I would do it, Jen. Uh, and we would just love to hear what you think. Where you know what your sources are that you go to to fact check. And things. that number is three four seven eight seven one six five four eight. That number again three four seven eight seven one six lit. Great. So thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast, even if you share it with your mom, she'll be horrified. But just even if you share it with just one person. It really does help us grow this podcast. And uh, if you share it on social, hashtag 2G1P, please. And we'll find you. All right, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Alice.
single organ fitted for Tamula, and this cranked through a cartoon barrel organ. Oh, I mean edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. Consider supporting Two Girls, One Podcast on Patreon. It's like contributing to NPR or PBS, but with slightly more Jesus Hitler fan fiction. Even just $1 per month is huge in offsetting our production costs. And by production costs, I mean occasionally tightening the string that connects Allie and Jen's empty tomato soup cans. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. (laughs) Your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. Tune in lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else, absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.